Hi, my name is Autumn Dixon, and this week is February 19th through the 25th of the Come Follow Me program associated with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We are studying the Book of Mormon this year for 2024, and today I'm going to be covering a little bit of the teachings of Jacob. So just as a little bit of background before I jump into this, I felt very strongly about where I was supposed to go with this post this week. And I don't think it would have been something that I normally would have chosen, but I, it wasn't really up to me, <laughs> I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, I feel like I should disclose the fact that I am not an expert on this, but I do have a testimony of my Savior, and I have a testimony of this message that I have felt prompted to share this week. So on that note, when we look at mortal life, I feel like there are a lot of things that are very easy to fear. <laughs> Even just looking at the prophecies before the second coming can be very terrifying. But Jacob, as he is speaking to his people, he is trying very specifically to teach them that they're the house of Israel. And because they're the house of Israel, they have nothing to fear because Heavenly Father will not forsake them. One of the very specific fears that Jacob covers, this is Second Nephi, it's chapter 8 and it's verse 7. It says, Hearken unto me, ye that know righteousness, the people in whose heart I have written my law, Fear ye not the reproach of men, neither be ye afraid of their revilings. Now, this is Jacob quoting Isaiah. And we know that Isaiah wrote for our day. And so we know that Isaiah is speaking to us. Ye that know righteousness. So basically, we've been taught about how to be righteous. So Isaiah is speaking to us. Fear ye not the reproach of men, neither be ye afraid of their revilings. Now, it is very obvious as to why this would be written for our day, right? We have some beliefs that might not be particularly tasteful to other people. And so no matter how much love and kindness we try to throw out, it is very likely that we might be met with hostility. However, <laughs> when I read this verse this week, that was not the direction that I felt prompted to take. Because I as I read this verse this week, and I realized that Jacob was quoting Isaiah, I pictured what it meant for Jacob to be reading this to his people, right? When he says, be not afraid, the reproach of men, neither be afraid of their revilings. Jacob, as much as anyone of his time or our time, knew what it meant to be afraid, <laughs> to be afraid the reproach of men or to be afraid of their revilings. As Jacob read this to his people who had been cast out from their brethren, I wonder how this verse hit him. As he read this to his people, I wonder if he remembered all the times that he and Nephi had been severely, severely reviled by their brethren. I wonder if he shared a knowing look with Nephi as he read these words from Isaiah, Be not afraid of the reproach of men, neither be afraid of their revilings. And I wonder what this verse meant to him as he was preaching this. And I thought about the fact that he 
I feel like when we read the Book of Mormon, we see, we often see the best in Nephi and Jacob. However, I am very, very convinced that they, as mortal beings like ourselves, had a lot of trauma to work through because of the things that they experienced at the hands of their brothers. And I wonder how long it took them to heal from these familial rifts, right? Let's think about the fact that they never actually reconciled with their brothers in their lives. They died estranged from their brothers who had tried to kill them. <laughs> I would be shocked if there was not some kind of very real trauma associated with what Jacob and Nephi had been through and what it took for them to heal enough to be able to get out on the other side and preach this to their people, where they're saying you don't have to be afraid of their revilings. When you actually look up the definition of revilings, it can mean trauma and abuse, like criticism to the extent that it is traumatic and abusive. I have seen... <laughs> I have seen estrangement in my own extended family and I know how traumatic it can be. I have watched how traumatic it can be, I guess more accurately. I have watched how traumatic that can be. And to know that Jacob was able to get out on the other side and able to preach this, to not be afraid I want to talk about how he might have been able to get to that point. And even though I'm talking about reviling on an extreme level, even though I'm talking about it on a literally abusive and traumatic level, I still feel like these principles that I want to talk about today actually apply at any level of being reviled. Even if it's just a small thing, I believe that the principles that I want to talk about today can still be applied to those smaller revilings. Now, I am of the huge opinion that we do not have to force our feelings when it comes to the gospel. We are commanded to not be afraid, but we do not need to force bravery or faith or courage. We are commanded to forgive, which both of these are. <laughs> are essential to this thing that Jacob's teaching us about, right? We're commanded to forgive, but when we try to force ourselves to forgive, I feel like it can end up being very counterproductive. <laughs> and so how do we get to that point where we are naturally feeling this faith? When, how do we get to the point where we are naturally feeling forgiveness to the extent that we feel love for those who have hurt us? How do we get to the point where love pours out of us versus us trying to dam up the hurt that we have experienced so that we can be civil, right? How, how do we get to that point? And as I talk about it, I want it to be very understood that when it comes to things like trauma and abuse, there are very appropriate times for boundaries. <laughs> I want you to look at the fact that the Lord commanded Nephi and Jacob and their family and friends who were close to them. He commanded them to literally flee from their brethren. And that boundary was never taken away for the rest of their lives. 
right? They lived with that boundary the rest of their lives. And so there are very much appropriate times for boundaries. And unfortunately, only you will be able to really determine that with your Heavenly Father and with the help of the Holy Ghost. However, even if we have to set these boundaries, even if we have to get to the point where we're like, I am not going to be able to trust you for the rest of my mortal life, I believe that we can still reach a point where we love our enemies. And I think that it is through this love of our enemies, through this forgiveness of them, that we are able to do exactly what Jacob says, which is to fear not the reproach of men or be afraid of their revilings. It is through this love sometimes with boundaries, but this love and this forgiveness that we are able to escape that fear. Now, Christ, I want to reiterate this. Christ asks us to forgive, but he, when he asks us to forgive, he's not asking us to beat our hurt into submission. He's not asking us to allow someone to hurt us over and over and over and over and over again. He's not asking us to take the high road and be pious and pat ourselves on the back for loving someone who's choosing to hurt us, right? That's not what forgiveness is. He is asking us to forgive because he wants us to be free. Let's talk a little bit about what that means. This forgiveness that leads to this freedom, the kind of forgiveness that leads to freedom from hate or fear, it's critical to understand that that is a process, especially when it has happened on the level where it's abusive and traumatic. It is a process. And so I want to talk about trauma. I want to talk about the things that I've learned as I've studied trauma, what happens in your brain and your body when you experience trauma, because I believe that if we can understand what's happening in our bodies, we can work our way back to where we find forgiveness and freedom from that fear. <laughs> so I wrote it down super professionally, right? Okay. Because <laughs> I just feel like a visual helps. So here we are living our normal little lives and we're fine and just facing normal things. When trauma happens, when something truly traumatic happens, something very, very difficult, it gets processed in your brain differently. That is trauma. Trauma happens and your body goes into fight or flight. If you cannot fight your way out of what's happening to you, or if you cannot run away from what's happening to you, your body steps even further into a trauma reaction and you dissociate, okay? Dissociate happens when you cannot fight or flight. You essentially are escaping into your brain. So let's look at this in a more real life example. Let's say you're living on a ship with your family, right? And your brothers get mad at you and they tie you to the mast of a ship. <laughs> so you're living in normal. You get tied to a ship and you experience this trauma. Even as a person of faith, your body has mechanisms that your heavenly father placed in your body and in your brain to where your body automatically goes to fight or flight. You're tied to a ship. You can't fight it off. You can't run away from it. And so oftentimes I'm not saying that Nephi necessarily did this because I don't know. It doesn't say in the scriptures. However, but normal people, <laughs> which Nephi might have been normal, but normal people, even people of faith, will often slip into disassociation. Now, let's look at a modern day example. Let's say that you are in a home with abuse, okay? 
you are constantly experiencing trauma. You cannot fight it off. You can't run away from it. Oftentimes we slip into dissociation. The reason that I want to talk about this is because something that I have observed is the fact that disassociation often looks very Christ-like because you're literally escaping into your brain. You are no longer fighting and you're no longer setting up boundaries and trying to run away. You're hiding within your own brain. It's very quiet, but it is anything but heavenly and forgiveness should feel heavenly. And I think that's really important to understand. I have seen disassoci- I've seen dissociation praised because it looks like forgiveness. It looks like you're just not fighting back and you're just being a peacemaker. It looks Christ-like. And I have seen people who are working their back working their way back towards trying to feel normal. I have seen the fight or flight that comes from that, the boundaries that have to be set and the anger that often comes as you start to work back from dissociation, that does not always look Christ-like. However, as we work back through it towards normal, I want to testify that this is where forgiveness is. And as we reach true forgiveness, that is where we find the freedom. That is where we find the freedom from them affecting us, from the anger, from the hatred, from the fear. That's where the heavenly feeling is. And that's what we need to work back towards. This is where it ceases to affect you and you're free from it. Christ asks us to forgive, not so we can be pious or so we can allow someone to hurt us over and over and over again. He asks us to forgive because he wants us to be free. To be free from the fear that often comes with reviling on that level. So I once posted a status, (laughs) I once posted a status about forgiveness. And I actually had a friend reach out to me about it. And she was actually really, really angry that I would post something about forgiveness. And this friend had been in an extremely traumatic situation extremely traumatic and she was really angry with me that I posted this about forgiveness and she was like what would you have me do forgive them right and it was very mocking how she reached out to me and unfortunately I was too naive to really understand what she had been through and what was actually occurring with her I was too naive to understand it I don't remember how I responded to her but I have reflected on this many times and though I don't know that this is the appropriate response what I feel when I think about this again is yes I do want her to forgive and that's because I know that it is in finding that love and forgiveness within yourself that you find the freedom from the pain that she so obviously still feels that it's still affecting her, that that fear is still affecting her. It is through love and forgiveness that she would be able to let go of that. Forgiveness is healing, honestly. So as we are working back towards normalcy, towards forgiveness, towards freedom from fear, 
I believe one of the hints that we can find in the Book of Mormon about how to do this is actually in 2 Nephi 4, which is interesting because I've actually recently talked about this. <laughs> the clues towards moving back through trauma, back towards for forgiveness, we can find some of those solutions in 2 Nephi 4, also known as Nephi's Psalm or Nephi's Lament. In this lament, we find a very vulnerable Nephi where we get just a little bit of a glimpse of the fact that he has struggled through some of this. So for example, why am I angry? Why am I angry because of my enemy? Right? Who else is his enemy other than Lamed and Lemuel, right? He had to work through some of these things and you watch him in 2 Nephi 4 work through it. And to summarize it, it's essentially developing a relationship with the Savior, Jesus Christ. Nephi doesn't hide from those difficult feelings that he experienced. He writes them down in a record meant for doctrine and testimony. He writes them down and he gives them to the Savior. Reprogramming our brains and our biological responses to whatever trauma occurred will take repetition. It will take turning to our Savior Jesus Christ over and over and over and over again like Nephi did in his lament. He, it shows it just one time in his lament, but I can only imagine how many times he had to do it in order to heal, in order to get to the point where he and Jacob could preach about being free from the fear of reviling, right? It is to take our knee-jerk reactions, our fight or flight, our uglier emotions, and to continuously give them to our Savior, to not get angry at ourselves for experiencing those things because Heavenly Father built our brains a specific way for a reason, but instead taking those difficult things and taking them to the Savior. And I believe that the Savior's love can be so, so all-encompassing. It can be so powerful. It can be so personal that eventually, eventually our knee-jerk reaction skips over the anger and the hurt and the frustration. It just jumps right over it and it jumps to the end result which is a feeling of love from our Savior, Jesus Christ. As we continually say, Heavenly Father, I'm upset. And he says, I love you. We're going to work through this together. And you say, Heavenly Father, I'm upset. And he says, I love you. We're going to work through this together. And you say, Heavenly Father, I'm upset. And he says, we're going to work through this together. Eventually, it gets to the point where you completely skip the upset part because you know what the ending is. You get to the point where you're like Nephi and you say... Why am I worried about this? Why am I angry? I don't have to be angry. I have a Savior. I have a Heavenly Father who loved me. There's probably nothing more powerful than that. And I know that this is the process by which Nephi and Jacob were able to get to this point where they were able to turn to their people who had experienced their own revilings and reproach, and they were able to 
turn to them and preach and tell them that you don't have to be afraid of that. You are a member of the house of Israel. You are a child of God and your God will not forsake you. It takes a relationship, not just a testimony. It takes a relationship where you are continuously turning to him. I know that through the power of the Savior, Jesus Christ, I know that we can find freedom and healing and peace if we turn to him continually, if we develop that relationship with him. And I say that in the name of Jesus Christ, amen.